Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey Hustlers, we know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you. Introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share podcast is brought to you by PDAC. PDAX is a homegrown cryptocurrency exchange that offers the best rates among local cryptocurrency exchanges. Download the PDAX app now on the Google Play Store, App Store, or Huawei App Gallery. Start trading Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies for as low as 50 pesos by signing up on podlink.co slash hustlesharepdax. Also powered by Podmachine the simplest way to grow and edit your podcast. Sign up now at podmachine.com and use the code HUSTLESHARE to get one free edit. When you are in need, don't be afraid to ask. It's so important not to go through the challenges alone. That's the time I really needed. And those were the times that I really remember the impact in my professional career. Welcome to HUSTLESHARE. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustler Podcast. We are three years old. Oh my goodness. And again, I am so excited because, again, last week we had a opportunity to go regional and uh, see at our anniversary episode um, the guys from Iterative creating YC of Southeast Asia. But now we're talking to a legend in the Philippine startup ecosystem. For all of you youngins that don't know, once upon a time, I was one like you and I was pitching investors where very few who are legit in this. And she is easily in the upper echelon, if not the top, of all the legit founders back then 
and still is now. So before I get carried away, there she wears many hats and many titles. But today she represents PPCRV. So that's welcome, Miss Myla Villanueva. Miss Myla, welcome to the show. Finally, you're here. How are you? And happy anniversary. Thank you so much. Again, there's a holy checklist that I've ever have had. And it's never easy to check them out. First ones that I were able to get were the Winston Damarillos. Then I got Dado Banata. Then I got Minette Navarrete. And now I got Myla Villanueva. Oh my God. This, I'm freaking out. <laughs> and again, thanks for being on the show. But before I get carried away, been asking this for three years now. I need to ask you the million dollar question. Myla, what's your hustle? Well, this may sound odd in a startup podcast, but my hustle now is nonprofit. I am mm. chairing PPCRV. Mm-hmm. And as you know, uh, we're trying to give you clean elections. Yes. Um, I hope to talk about it a bit later. Uh, but yes, it's taking up almost. 18 hours of my time. Wow. You are a Lin-Lin. That's good. All right. That's, you know how it is. And again, at the end of the day, it's all about um, making sure that this election is uh, filled with integrity and, you know, the right infra, especially on tech, to make sure that we get very credible results. But before we talk about that, I know you from the tech ecosystem. And again, I'm super honored to have you finally on the show. But I need you to fasten your seatbelts because other than, you know, asking you as your hustle, we have hardware. We have a hardware business here because we're going to have to ride the Hustle Share Time Machine. All right. So we are all the way back. My goodness, this never gets old, especially if it's someone like you where I can dig so much from and learn, especially for our women founders. They're, 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 I have, I've had friends really where, especially my female founder friends now, that they say that there is still very much a glass ceiling in this day and age, 2022. But that ceiling has long been broken by women like you when it was lower back then. But before we talk, even talk about that, what was it like growing up? And how did you first encounter your first taste of entrepreneurship uh, for you? Well, well yeah, this is, a, this is a really personal story. Uh, must have been eight or nine years old. I would visit my grandmother. Uh, in in some uh, city uh, or small town in in Quezon. And uh, she would let me mine the store. And of course, uh, mining was the candy section of the store. (laughs) She did let me mine the store. And it's the first time I saw, you know, those old cashier systems. And I was so fascinated with the technology, you know, you you, you press buttons and suddenly money comes out. <laughs> so that was really fun. But, mm. but I think that entrepreneurial spirit, you know, she was the distributor of gasol and chicken and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, all sorts of things on an exclusive basis. And that's when I first knew that if you get a, a product exclusively, you control the market. So mm-hmm. she controlled everything in that little town. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, Again, one thing that you're able to really do, and again, I've seen this happen a lot of times, 
from Filipinos that are obviously given good education, like studied in Ateneo, but you also had the ability to actually see a broader scope when you studied in Santa Clara, right? Um, how was that? Because I've seen also entrepreneurs here again, born and raised in the Philippines, suddenly had to go to the States, live the American life, be independent, but also opened up the whole new world in terms of you know perspective and you know looking at possibilities, especially as a woman. How did that change for you? Well, you know, I, I was very lucky to, to have been around uh, when Steve Jobs was starting Apple. Wow. When 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 uh, you know when HP was was becoming its legend. And I was around a lot of very, very uh, creative people in mm. a sense. Um, and I, I have, I was a working student at a very early age of 16. Wow. Uh, we were already involved in business and I was so fascinated uh, by it. My father, uh, my late father, uh, was one of the largest technology entrepreneurs um, in, in South America. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw how it is to start something in your garage, literally, and become one of the largest technology companies in 21 countries in South America. Wow. Well, that was really uh, an eye-opener for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, I wanted to be that. Mm, got it. So again, inspiration from your dad, uh, which, which is good. But what were the... Because again, they're indelible marks. Other than inspiration, one one thing about being raised around entrepreneurship as a kid is that you get, you know, um, habits and also valuable insights of how to be an entrepreneur from from parents, especially or role models. What were the most you know profound um, learnings that you got from your dad about entrepreneurship that you still carry till now? Oh, yeah. I mean, he really made sure, first of all, that I was aware of everything that's going on around me. Even as young children, he made sure that there was always a newspaper in front of us. Never not know what's going on around you because I think he was trying to promote analytical thinking when you put different factors together and there are outcomes. I think that's what he was trying to tell us. In terms of the business side, I mean, negotiate as hard as you can, but make sure both of you are coming away with something together. Because um, I felt that he was also trying to to teach us that that relationships are important in the long term and both parties or all parties should feel uh, that they are growing together. Got it. I think those are the two, and he also made sure to make sh- to to help us think about, without being very technical about it, how to read a balance sheet, mm. how to be able to uh, ensure that we know that borrowing is not uh, necessarily bad, exactly. uh, and and ensuring that you balance out all of your uh, finances. Or, of course, during the difficult times when, when a family is newly migrated, as, mm-hmm. as was my family, it was also the difficult side of things of how to make sure that um, me as the eldest and in charge of you know, the money issues mm-hmm. at a very young age, 
I really knew how to, uh, you know, almost like a startup in, in yeah. life uh, to make sure that you really manage the meager resources, so to speak, Got it. Um, when, when you're beginning or starting business. Got it. That's amazing. Now, let's fast forward a little bit too, because I, I knew you as the founder of Wolfpack again. Again, you're already here, but I want to understand, and this is not found in your LinkedIn. Were there any jobs that you took before you took the plunge as an entrepreneur? And what were those jobs and what did you learn from them? Absolutely none. Wow, you went straight entrepreneur. Yeah, I was... Uh... 20 years old, I was watching TV and I saw that uh, uh, the country had a new democracy. I was fascinated by what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I told my family, hey, I want to go home. I want to see what I can do back home. And uh, they said, but our businesses are growing here in the U.S. And we were, the family was making a move to that south america and i said no i think i want to do this on my own so i came back home alone mm-hmm. with my cat <laughs> Me and wow my cat. you are a cat person i love you more now <laughs> because i'm a cat daddy as well yeah wow. his name his name was rambo <laughs> rambo very yeah. 80s and 90s <laughs> yes, it was the late, uh, yes. 80s. and of course uh, as soon as i got the cat away from my brothers i called i called him sammy so sammy and i came home mm-hmm. and believe it or not uh the first six months or so, I think uh, I met up with my first coup attempt. Mm, oh my Out God. of seven that would happen in my early career. And Ooh. aside from that, being alone as a woman, as you say, um, it, it was really a culture shock because uh, as uh, 89, 90, 91, 92, these were very early days in a career, no? Mm-hmm. The lights went out. We had 12 hours of blackouts. When you're in the office, you go home and there's still that. Now, remember, I'm in the technology space. So you can imagine me saying to myself, I think think I'm going to fail. There's just no way I'm going to make it through. And I have to eat my humble pie and go back to the States and say, okay, I made a mistake. But really, truly, some of the toughest times of my um, career, my, my very young career at that time. So yeah, it was a tough start. But what what was the know. business back then? Because again, internet did not exist, or if there was, it's very it's not the internet as we know it. And I just want to know because I I always want to make sure that I cover that because again, everybody that listens here, majority of them are in tech startup entrepreneurs, and yeah. it's a common theme that most of those people that make it down the road did not have it easy. Well, a lot of them really persist through the very tough and early times and it's grit that and persistence. And of course, making good decisions eventually um, did that. But what was that pivotal decision along with the business that you're doing that uh, helped you pull through? Nothing excites me more than challenging really, really big guys, right? So when, when I came home, uh, I had in my mind, not the internet yet, but networking was fascinating because it was really challenging the old world of mainframes. And I was seeing, you know, uh, companies like Apple uh, beginning to challenge the status quo. Mm. You know, um, 
back in in California, I saw Apple as a small building in Cupertino, and a little yep. at the time they were adding uh, buildings. No, and that was in Highway Nine, and I was so fascinated at that business model of challenging yeah. the biggest uh, and the brightest. So when I came home, I said, um, "Want to see what 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 the, what the opportunities are?" And lo and behold, there was nothing but IBM. Yep. <laughs> and and wine and deck and unisys and they've all become friends and partners but back yep. then ago wow what an interesting market to disrupt yes. so the first thing i uh, i did was to um partner with an almost unknown company back then 3com okay. uh, 3com was founded by the uh the one who invented the internet Metcalf. Wow. Oh, so, my God. I said, uh, hmm, what a fascinating company, right? So they were doing um, some, some interconnectivity. That meant that instead of centralized system and centralized computing in these huge machines, you can now, you know, uh, interconnect personal computers and, and create a network. So that was the beginnings prior to the internet. Mm-hmm. And I was, what, maybe six or seven months um, into the process, we, mm-hmm. we started pitching this uh, technology to some of the largest companies who had supercomputing power. Okay. That was fun. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I... I kind of felt a little humiliated. Yes. <laughs> door to door. Oh, ha, there you go. Yeah. It was mm. funny. I don't know if if um some of I'm sure all of us in pitching know the feeling of being extremely excited about what we're doing and you see black faces, right? Yeah, aha, uh-huh, aha. Uh-huh. Yep. And I remember uh my first uh pitch of this glorious technology I entered into a room and boy the the people who were acquiring it uh-huh. were in probably in their 80s I mean oh they my all, and I go no chance that I'm gonna make these guys understand what I want that I wanted them to throw away their 390 million peso you know com- supercomputers and and buy this hundred million peso thing right now this one was in the social security system wow. and i think and i think they were the next uh bid was about a helicopter so they really wanted me to get out of the room <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow that's amazing but what one thing that i really want to know just i've heard this from a lot of my again female uh founder friends from the startup ecosystem that there's still prejudice there's still a lot of stuff but how bad was it during your time? How what's the breakdown even of those boardrooms that you came in? How many females and yeah. how how did you even break through those initial glass ceilings that you broke through eventually? You know, there's really you know, if you feel it's a weakness, you sit to your advantage. Mm. I mean, it never really it never bothered me, first of all. I mean, I think you have an, to have enough confidence in yourself that that it shouldn't matter. But if if it does matter to you, I would enter a room, especially in telecom. I used to go to these shows uh, 
early in the day in Geneva, you know, the ITU telecom shows, and, and then it became GSMA. But I would enter a room of a thousand people with four women in the room. Oh, wow. And guess what I saw? An incredible opportunity to stand out. Mm-hmm. That's what you should see. Got it. And, um, and at that time, nothing really catches an attention of, of, of anyone than a woman who can speak deep tech, right? Absolutely. So I, I, I enjoyed the advantage, actually, than the yeah. disadvantage. And, uh, you know, the Philippines is not exactly a place you doubt the power of women. We've had two women presidents, right? Absolutely. We, we have, I think you should erase that from your mind if it's still bothering some of our women entrepreneurs. I would just throw that as very 80s impact, as you mentioned. Exactly. And again, this society is very matriarchal. Um, uh, I always credit my mother for instilling everything that I know about life and in terms of hustling and whatnot. I was raised by a tiger mom. That's why I am a tiger cub. There you go. So that uh, it, it, it's important that we really recognize that uh, as well. But I want to double down just a little bit deeper. You said there's a big opportunity for tech entrepreneurs. And I, I, the, the diversity is way, way, way more improved now. You go to a conference, it's almost an even split. Owning the room, in it's not just all about jargon and talk about tech. There's something extra that I've seen, and I've seen this with the likes of Minette. Minette talks just the way she stands and the way he has, she has command of the room. I will shut the f up and I'll listen, right? Because there's something on the way she owns the room that that delivery. Is there a science to that, or is there a, an art to that that? allows you to really gather more than just the deep technology, but how you really get, get attention, like as if it's a TED talk every single time. <laughs> That's the yeah. effect. No, um, I really, really prepare. Mm. Um, I, I run it through my head. What is the, the message that I'm trying to impart? Because I think you only have all of 30 seconds to catch attention. Absolutely. Right? Uh, to break that that ice and then to hold the attention of a person or a room. And unless you know what you want to say, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it becomes very difficult doing it. Yep. So I think it's very important that uh, you pre- prepare well in advance, that, that you are very knowledgeable in the topic that you choose. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know it, don't attempt it. Got it. All right. But you, again, persisted through all of this. Now, be, last thing before we take our first break. So that, obviously, you, you were able to overcome a lot of these early challenges. Talk about the breakthrough. Late, late 90s, Michael Jordan's prime time and whatnot. How were you able to then grow the business further? Because I knew, again, of two companies you were able to exit. Again, all of you boys are happy with one exit now. A four, again, back then. But now there's four company shoes, four exits. Oh, my God. I'm just trying to do, get my second one now. But four, and good goodness gracious, it's a woman who started this all. Okay, but 
walk us through those first few acquisitions that you now did. What did it take and how did you uh, get exponential growth to get there? Yeah. Well, um, first, I was glad that that story I was telling you about my first network pitch. Yeah. Um, there was a, an old, older person in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in the SSS. And I was surprised that after that failure, I thought was a failure, I called okay. us in and said, I think I want to test that. Wow. And lo and behold, uh, within, within uh, three months of that pitch, uh, we were able to uh, win the confidence to network the entire social security system of our country. 120 pages. Wow. So as a very young person, and then you're given the responsibility to, to network, um, you yep. know, something that will serve your people, was I couldn't stop smiling that evening that I was told. I was looking Amazing. out my looking at the stars and saying, wow, I think we're on to something. So you continue to build up on that success by ensuring the integrity of work, Mm -hmm. Um, make sure that your clients are happy, to make sure that you continue pushing the values of the technology. And it begins to to split into various directions. And that's the beauty of being the technology world, right? Mm -hmm. Today, they're called pivots, but Correct. It's not even pivots, but little roads that you take differently as you um, discover new technologies. And if we were talk, to talk about a breakthrough, um, there was a time that the GSM world was only beginning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my, my business partner is also my husband. And, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, I think we have an opportunity. There's this thing called value-added services in VAS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, VAS. No? And uh, we, if not the first, were very, very early in, in the world of logos and ringtones. Wow. Believe it or not, it wasn't high tech, but mm-hmm. it was scaling so quickly. Sometimes the simplest things are the ones that really take off, right? Right. So um, we, we got into the business and uh, with friends at, at, at the telcos at that point in time, smart. Uh, I hope we're okay to mention brands. That's fine. Part- They're not paying us until they start advertising. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So um, they were really um, they were really investing in the young startup community. Then they give mm. they give us uh, the opportunity to create all of these products and services. Kind of reminds me when. Apple opened the App Store, right? Wow. It was at that time that, you know, you come up with all of these uh, interesting products and if it gets, uh, uh, you know, to be a hit, you're made. I mean, they will back it up with all the power of the network and advertising, mm-hmm. etc. So we came across thinking, what else can differentiate us? Because everybody started copying what mm-hmm. we were doing. Let's do a TV show. So we produced wow. a TV show. It was called Text to Millions. Wow. Believe me, when we interfaced, uh, you know, mobile and television, and then yep, gave yep. A, a million bucks a week, uh, it was like there was no tomorrow. Everybody, I think it was two and a half million downloads a day. It crashed our servers. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. And that was like, Oh my gosh, there was another moment I eh? we're on to something, you know? That's when you amazing. feel that 
that feeling of you're on to something. You just mm-hmm. take it take it as far as you can. So we did all that and, and came up with uh, various other things. Mm-hmm. Of course, we did interesting things like uh, um, connecting our mobile to those mainframes of SSS, GSIS, uh, government agencies, in order that the technology can also provide value to citizens. Mm-hmm. So all that became very big. And a Japanese firm said, hey, uh, would you want to be part of our network in Asia? So I told wow. the CEO of SmartBen, uh, again, another another piece of advice for entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. It was my mentor, Pauli Nazareno. He was the CEO of Smart. And, and he said, why, why would you go Japanese? Why not come in along, right? So we were the first acquisition of Smart uh, ever. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's just your, huh? huh. I'm just, (laughs) I'm just blown away. Imagine that in the nineties again, going local also, that's, that's, that's very important because again, the infra and also the nuances really matter the most. All right, now let's take our first break. And when we come back, let's talk about the three other acquisitions that you're able to do, especially as we progressed towards the internet age, especially. Again, one, one time's a fluke. My, my, mine was a fluke. Uh, a lot of it comes with luck, but four times, oh my God. All right, well, let's talk about that more after the break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back in the break. We are still blown away with Miss Myla Villanova. 
four exits, four acquisitions. So the first one, you're able to get it done with your first acquisition of Smart. Just to give a shout out or shout out to you. What was the name of the company that got, got acquired by, by Smart? That, that was 12 Wolfpack. Wolfpack yeah. acquired in two, you did it 2003, right? Uh, before Voyager ever came in, before all these things with Doi It was the first of its kind. By, Amazing. By now, maybe you start up. After that, what did you do? Because again, when you, here's what I felt, though it's nothing compared to what you did. When I got my, my first company acquired, Ms. Myla, all I ever wanted when I did, and again, six years of hustling of Jesslich, which by the way, I pitched Ms. Myla in 2012 <laughs> with her daughter uh, because I met her through one of these early, early startup uh, pitching competitions back then. All I ever wanted was to buy my mom a house. And with that acquisition, I was finally able to get it done. I was on a high for a few weeks, probably a couple months. And then after that, the big question, the million-dollar question asked me, like, now what? <laughs> My initial thing was, again, creating this podcast, which eventually became Podcast Network Asia. Um, for you, how was that? Uh, how did, what was the next step? How did you scratch your next itch? Oh, it was very immediate. Actually, there was something in the labs. Mm, wow. <laughs> going you on had already. one in the pipeline already. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There was something going on already. Uh-huh. And uh, just like you, uh, in our conversations during the break, I really like to apply technology where it matters. Got That's it. in grassroots. It's, you know, people who... Who live their daily lives and and as we shifted more and more towards what we know of the internet now from private networks it became the internet um, and GSMA was fast rising it was beginning to reach just every every citizen of her country in that growth stage mm-hmm. I was very very frustrated because as, I, as my networking business was growing in MDI Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't get connectivity because we're 7,100 islands, right? Yep. So you go, this business is never going to scale unless I, have, I figure out how to disrupt these big giants who are my very mm. dear friends now, smart. And <laughs> so, shout, out shout, shout, shout out MVP. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. They, they, um, they were helping me so much in, in my, my startup Wolfpack mm-hmm. uh, and faith in that. But Really, we were already creating something that would solve the problem that MDI was trying to solve for, for its clients. I mm-hmm. said, how I wish I could, I could find a way to bring internet to the masses, mm-hmm. right? With my brother, uh, who also came back home, um, my, my father uh, looked at it and said, okay, you guys do what? What, what you need to do. Remember, this is infrastructure play. And yeah. you're trying to target, you know, these large, large companies. And you look at their balance sheets. They're willing to lose so much before, before actually uh, gaining back. Yeah. Um, so the burn rates were very high. But I really strongly believed in my, in my gut and in my heart that we, we should be doing this. So mm-hmm. we started Meridian Telecoms. Without, yeah, without without much thought yet to how we were going to make it happen. But certainly things were given, right? When you're doing a startup, 
things were given. Connectivity was too expensive. Only corporations can afford it. So how do you lower that, that cost of entry? And my, my thought process then was, I wish I could get the Sari Sari store to start an internet cafe. Wow. And in that provincia or that nook or cranny, I don't care where you are. We can connect you and you can start your, your business. So that was the, the thought process. But for that to happen, the Sari Sari store would need to afford it, right? Correct. So I said, what can bring it down? Mahilig tayo sa 999. Yan yung mga price. I go, and you know, companies were paying 50, 100,000 a month. How yeah. do we bring it to 999, right? Mm. And so I traveled far and wide with our team, and I was traveling four times a year to Israel. Wow. I said, these are the guys that really know their wireless. This cannot yep. happen. The way that the telcos were doing it, we didn't have the capital for fiber across. You know, I was 32 back then. Wow. So I said, okay, how do we disrupt this? Got to be wireless. So uh, we, we went and, and did the needful, and we found out that you need certain amounts of frequency. So family took a look at the various ways. I invested my own money, uh, family wow. invested, and I said, we need this frequency. It was then at 3.5 gigahertz. 3.5. And, and, you know, all the telcos were at 1.8 and, you know, I don't remember anymore what was slower yeah. than that back then. But, um, yeah, lo and behold, nobody was really interested in it. It was mm. too high. It was too high in the, in the space, uh, okay. in the bandwidth. So we acquired as much as we could um, of it through regulatory. You know, you apply for it, filing. Mm. Uh, That's the first time I was introduced to our bureaucracy in the government system. Yep. And, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we did that. Then I go, okay, now what you do? You have the frequencies. And the telcos were land grab all of the base stations that, that rooftops, etc. So the prices were so high. Yep. I go, can't afford all that, right? So mm -hmm. we have to be strategic. I said, huh, maybe we talk to uh, rooftops of those who really know where the density of the population is. So mm. I said, oh, can I talk to one of our clients and friends of family? And, mm. and they had this beautiful locations. They were in the in the mall retail business. And wow. so I only needed a you know three by three space anyway to set up those base stations. So we got a few, we got 20 uh, locations, and we first made sure that we got the attention and it was directed at the universities. So our first clients mm. were universities. I wanted the young people to try it out and really make sure. And, you know, universities can't really afford what, at, at that time, no? what corporations were paying for bandwidth. Correct. So it, it's a nice way to proof of concept. Nice. Yeah. And uh, we, we, we couldn't build the big pipes across Luzon besides Mindanao, so we went satellite. Wow. Uh, I am just to prove the concept, right? Whatever that I said, this is going to be not sustainable because if it's satellite, you can grow it a lot. Mm. But at least you're proving the concept that it can get done. So 
that's another thing I, I think entrepreneurs should always think about, like the scaling capacity of what you're doing, right? Yes. What would it take to create the next incremental thousand, hundred thousand, million, ten million? Correct. Uh, and, and from there, it obviously got noticed yes. because we're beating the sorry the crap out of go the ahead <laughs> this is an ex- explicit podcast anyway i do that all the time okay yeah we, mm-hmm. we were beating anyone who would challenge us at that time wow and again you make sure your quality is as good as it gets so we were spending a lot of time whether it's sneaker net or manual or physical labor just make sure the uptime is there so we get noticed intel noticed us right they were coming up with this new standard called ymax so as they visited me and and you know i mean sure they knew i had so much frequency in the philippines i said why don't you why don't you come here and take a look and make us your green field in the entire world mm. At that point in time, I was getting a name already in tech. So I was able to reach out to people in Intel. Whoever I needed to reach, I will reach. Wow. So I made it a point that it was painfully honest to the, uh, painfully obvious to the telcos that the big guys were coming in. Mm. You know, strategically, okay, Konyare, you're not really making it known, but you're really making it known. Yes. So they noticed, obviously, and it was uh, already somehow part of the family with uh, co-ownership in Wolfpack. Mm-hmm. And um, they said, oh, I didn't see that you had something else. Okay. So, yeah. Sat down with, with Polly and said, this is what I think it's worth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to grow it. And, and it's beyond our capacity to grow it to the scale. To 7,100 islands, are you interested? So they were very interested, and that started the next acquisition uh, all of three years. Yeah. Holy From cow. One was 2006. So that's we, amazing. And this became eventually what we know as now a smart bro. bro. We, we, we in 2022, as we're recording this, it's still. Uh, around and even when I do uh, speedtest.net, shout out to Meridian. I still get that frequency till now of where that server is uh, channeling my data from every once in a while, depending on the metro. Yeah, so. of course, the technology behind it has changed. But you know, when I drive around Batangas now, mm. I see our little antennas that, that uh, eventually there. from uh, uh, Israeli technology became American. It's still there. Wow. Uh, I, doubt that it's operational but it just gives you a sense of how much that thing spread Correct. in the rural areas which was really our dream to begin with so that really feels good when i see them still around and i still get the signal or the, the, the server <laughs> from where it is right so um amazing work again these are infra and backbone stuff that it's easy to overlook if you're just you're, you're casual and you don't know what's what helped us get here 
in these things because a lot just just for context in 2012 a lot of the questions that were getting thrown at the philippines is like why can't filipino startups exist in the philippines the first thing that gets thrown always is internet sucks that's not the case now we have 5g we have 4g everybody everything is pretty much interconnected so that's no longer an excuse but that would not happen if the likes of miss Myla didn't pave the way for us to be able to build on top and solve more Complex or not really more more simpler problems because the main problem of data connectivity and data availability was solved already by her. So thank you. Let's thank her for that. Okay. After this, you had two for two. Amazing. <laughs> I'm just like, what are you? Was there another one in the pipe after this, or did you like take a break? Did you have to like? What was the next problem you solved? Well, you know, technology is so fast moving that you're an eternal student, right? So think, okay, where are the gaps here? What's going on? And I did realize the gap was in my own company. MDI, the first company that I, I started, was getting stale, right? It was still doing the same old thing. And I go, hmm, let's, let's, uh, but to be fair, it was the place that, you know, where we, we thought of things and spun it off into different uh, businesses. But this time around, uh, it was the one that needed some pivoting. So, um, and this was the time that uh, the cloud was getting born, mm-hmm. right? So it was it was not yet in, in its big scale. It was uh, still private clouds here and there. And I go, hmm, this looks like an interesting uh, place to be at this point in time as the internet was growing, as, as infrastructures were getting uh, larger in scale and, and companies were really uh, investing in, in infrastructure. So we rode the wave and, and uh, really uh, built some of the most important infrastructures um, name it banking utilities wow. uh, you know uh, government uh, we were really getting uh, awarded contracts but competition was fierce yes it was fierce uh, and and things were getting commoditized and yeah. as entrepreneurs you gotta you gotta do what it takes right Correct. okay so I was seeing the margins fall the costs rising and I go, gotta move on, right? Do something. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we started um, putting uh, layers and layers of services, uh, network security, cloud security. Um, but the next thing that I was, I was uh, seeing was that companies were getting very sophisticated in their needs. And the only big guys out there that can serve them are the Accentures of the world. Yeah. And the KPMGs, the BCGs. I mean, they were really um, expensive. Yep. And of course, giants again. They're all my friends now, but <laughs> it was quite interesting that, hey, I always said, and even in the earliest interviews and printed material about our work in MDI, I mm-hmm. always said we can complete, compete against mm-hmm. giants, India and China, in our ability to to program and to build product. So that was the time that Novara Technologies was born. And uh, we began creating 
uh, bespoke software uh, and began to to challenge uh, you know the, the bigger players in software development. Uh-huh. It wasn't easy at all. Uh-huh. Uh, we made a number of mistakes in our modeling. Uh-huh. Uh, it was very difficult to work with clients, especially if they don't know what they they mean or they want. <laughs> a post- lot of them exist like that. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. So, so very difficult to find that proper model. Right. And I think I was able to, again, it's a three-year cycle for me now from wow. very mundane to a really special time. Yeah. And I caught... Uh, a lot of uh, new CEOs, you know, coming up. I mean, Ernest came into Globe and and started, you know, dreaming up big things. And we started to jam, you know, together about okay, what's, what's the next thing that we're gonna yeah. disrupt? So those those relationships are important, and I've had various relationships with CEOs along those lines. First with Polly, with Ernest, and and soon, you know, through as you get your experience, you get to sit down with them as peers and and, and decide, okay, how are we going to do this for you, right? So um, I really enjoy working with, with visionary CEOs, those who want to, you know, rule their field in, in, in very innovative ways. So uh, this is the time I also... Uh, spent a lot of time with Dito Ortiz, as he says, he wanted to uh, be a technology company with a banking engine mm-hmm. behind it. So I was, we were also excited about that. Built the art together, I think, that changed the banking uh, industry wow. yep. a bit. Uh, the art was the first fully digital bank. It's in Ayala Avenue. We did that in 2017. And uh, free Facebook. Uh, with Globe was something that uh, we were the first ones to build APIs and you know interconnect the big players with with our telco. So we were really ramping up on the innovation. And once you get into the the thick of things and it's flowing really nicely every time you make the technology bet, that's when you again say. I think we're onto something. So nice. that that um, really grew uh, MDI Novare, and mm-hmm. I thought that that's the time you say think like like you while uh, we were discussing uh, uh, offline. Um, I think it's time to go regional, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this was in 2019, and I said. I think it's time we have the scale we have the all the large names the most important names in the industry using our tech and our services mm-hmm. uh, but this time i wanted it to be different i wanted to partner with a global player wow so uh got myself a investment company it has to be top tier because we deserve it mm-hmm. uh, and so i got one of the best investment bankers uh, and decided to get the best lawyers and wow. uh, started the, a, a, you know, a, a bidding process. What? And then the pandemic hit. Oh, no. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, a few months into the process, then boom, the pandemic hit. Yikes. Okay, guys, I said to the best lawyers and the best investment bankers, mm-hmm. go first. I have to take care of our people. Right. It's important that we take care of our people, we take care of our clients. And it was perhaps the most intense moment when you're so responsible uh, as an entrepreneur for yeah. so many families, right? It's not like you're a large corporation. You're still an entrepreneur with a sole responsibility to take care of your people. Exactly. And so I did just that, spent important time making sure that we, we like all of us, get through this, right? Yes. So I'm sure a scary moment for every entrepreneur. Oh my oh, gosh, man. what are we dealing with? This is different, right? And but, now there's a war looming. Oh my goodness. <laughs> We're just about to end the freaking pandemic. <laughs> yeah, you know, just kidding at that time. Oh my yeah. gosh. there going to be a war? I was just like, joking. Yep. Oh my oh, gosh. Man. So, but the nice thing, and you know, I say this with with a lot of respect for all entrepreneurs, no matter what field. Sometimes it's no, many times it's serendipity. Yep. So we were lucky we were in a field that suddenly was needed by absolutely everybody. Correct. So all of our clients just couldn't get enough of us, enough of our services. Absolutely. So, and our CEO was able to very much tell this last year. Um, it's Agnes uh, Gervasio uh, was able to share this and how she was able to get a lot of guidance and support from you and also from the ecosystem that they were able, you guys were able to. So great job and mad props for you, Ms. Vaila. Thank you. Thank you. But you know, my work during the pandemic was less the technology. I really spent the time to call each and every one of our very young programmers to see how they were and how they mm-hmm. were doing. So I think it's about people also and really taking care and making sure that you're the leader that is needed when times are tough. Very yep. important. You always show up. You want to be the Volodymyr Zelensky. <laughs> All right. He's, he's my hero now, I'm sure, yes. as everybody else is. So. Absolutely. Again, the guy that's there when nobody wants to come up and step up. All right, now before we take our last break, Ms. Maya, um, two acquisitions later on. And what happened in the dream? Did you go three for three? How did you go three for three or all the way to four, four for four? Well, so MDI and Navari were in play. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were both scaling. So I decided to merge them. Wow. Yeah. An MMA so, in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> well, it was a merger in the middle of a pandemic that turned into an acquisition because we were merging in the middle of the pandemic. So that that required like culture and trying to make sure that the two companies are seamlessly working with one another made a lot of sense. You have to tell people why, Mm. uh, why does it have to happen? They're so busy. Do they have to deal with this? Things like that. So messaging and ensuring that we communicate all of your goals to everyone Mm -hmm. is also a critical part amazing all right now let's take our last break and when we come back now let's talk about your real hustle now because you've had all the profits all the things you've done but what you're up to now is something that will again outlive everybody again especially with this election come in with the ppcr 
And then I'll also ask you a lot of uh, pay-it-forward questions as we go into our first episode on our third year. And I couldn't, again, have wished. Shout out to Miss Angel for uh, making this happen. Let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, 
buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named Fintech of the Year at last year's Philippine Fintech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back in the break. We are still with this Myla Villanueva who then told us how she was able to get four exits uh, at the time. Again, amazing, amazing work. But I've I've been listening down questions. Typically, I go uh, uh, free-flowing on this one. But there's a couple things that I really wanted to ask you because, again, this it's rare that you get someone who gets to exit, but someone who exits four times, that's virtually unheard of here in the Philippines at the scale of your, what you're doing. But one thing that really stuck out with me, Ms. Myla, is that you said you like coming in and competing with giants, right? And a lot of startups, especially coming from the Philippines, I love it when they have that bravado. But I also see that just that bravado and that ambition, sometimes I know that, oh man, you're coming into the to, you know, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be murder. How do you pick the right fights where you have a good chance as a small company to beat the incumbents? Because again, everybody has that I will disrupt banking, boom, all well, good luck. That's a you know, that's a there's no winning that. I will disrupt podcasting. I'll be the next Spotify. Like, oh, good luck, man. How are you even going to carve out your niche? How do yeah. you even pick the right fight where you have a fighting chance to succeed? Well, it's really what the giants ought to be doing, but they're not doing. Mm. So you choose that space that is making customers unhappy even if they had the ability financially to serve that need, they're not doing it. it. So, um, and and also in the time of Wolfpack, just sheer innovation. That was really one of the funnest, uh, most creative joys I've had in a startup. But the rest was really sheer technology. Uh, I'd like to say prowess. Nice. Not mine, but the team that we put together. Mm-hmm. So um, just looking at those nooks and crannies. When you're fighting a giant and you find those nooks and crannies, they're very big nooks and crannies. Mm-hmm. So they're markets in themselves, right? Yeah. And um, I think uh, half of it is just that thought process and half of it is really gut feel. I, I use my instincts a lot. Mm-hmm. And then once you commit to something, you commit to something no matter how difficult it's getting. Because yeah. nothing is worse than burning cash and then not and you pulling pull it out, off. You know, yeah. You go chicken out and not go yeah. see it through. Yeah. Right. That's amazing. But those opportunities, Miss Myla, I would assume sometimes are hidden in plain sight, right? It's right in front of you. Most people see it. They don't recognize it's an opportunity. 
if you're um, if you're gonna really take that plunge and go all in, what's your thought process in assessing an opportunity? Because I, as we know, once you take, once you decide all in, you're gonna be lightning fast. You're gonna assemble a great team, whatever. But how do you take that? calculated risk because that gut feel is also something that you need to train over time yeah a, a gut feel is a skill that you also need to train because sometimes a lot of our gut feel are just really bad calls early on right and you become better that gut becomes with knock to basila she wrote a string you know it's a healthy gut there you go but how do you make that a good gut feel eventually with with the right decision making process well First of all, I really, even without starting the company, I, I put together the best team I could possibly, thinking I'm going to build that company, right? And I say, it, I say this a thousand, a million times whenever I'm talking to entrepreneurs. It's, I'm never afraid to hire people better than I am. Because I'm not a deep technologist, right? So I, I hire the best. I, I understand what technology can do for you, but I'm not a deep techie. I mean, I cannot, you know, make my way around the nuts and bolts. Right. So find find the best. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of them. Debate mm. with them. Tell them when they're wrong. Accept when mm. you're wrong. And uh, begin to really enjoy the creative process. Got and once once you enjoy the creative process, great products come out of it. Okay. Now, I'll just talk, do a deep dive on talent because talent that's good is scarce and you have lots of competition. So majority of the time, you have to overcompensate to get one on the room. And then there's the other route. You have to build from the ground up, but that learning curve varies from person to person. It, some, sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's worth it. What's the right mix for you? Because again, if talent is always key, at the, especially at, I'd assume, the leadership team, what type of people do you surround your direct one-downs with? Because again, as you could build an organization down downstream, see, now I'm using the right terms of an executive as well, um, downstream, I would assume your generals, your direct one-downs should be solid and you can't wait till somebody somebody becomes that person especially if you're trying to go big and fast at the same time yeah you know more than more than talent it's character mm. i've i've succeeded much faster and with less pain when i surround myself with good solid people Damn. and lucky that i've found good talent with incredible minds Okay. And good hearts at the same time. That, I think I'm really happy that that I've been blessed with that through my career. Oh, there were very big problems in HR. There were there were <laughs> rebels. There there were oh, man. there were really difficult difficult people. There were mutinies. There were all sorts oh. of things facing me. But if if you prove yourself to be a leader that can be followed, you will. You will beat that anytime. Yep. I, I'm laughing because I'm going through that. Uh, multiple iterations. Because as a startup founder, you're very loyal to your founding team. But as your startup grows, 
a lot of them were your startup will some certainly outgrew some of the people that you started it with. Some people will be able to adjust, and some people are just gonna be left out. And I've learned that the hard way, you know. Like, oh man, <laughs> we win I'm, all. <laughs> we were, we I'm no all. longer a founder where I'm just looking for people to just get it done. I now need people who can lead and can, I can can be the adult in the room. Or who I can rely to do it because I don't have that bandwidth to have all these guys be my direct up one downs. It's just impossible. And again, <laughs> I'm in the thick of it. That's why again I talk to people like you, so that I document and when I need that answer again, I can always just go back to this podcast. Now, all right, enough of these things first. Let's talk about your real hustle now. So you've you've done everything for profit, but the title of this episode is the hustle behind PPCRB. What is it about PPCRV? And let's educate again those tech peeps who are listening to this, those geeks or youngins that are listening to this, what, how pivotal the, the role of the PPCRV is, especially in this upcoming elections. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I came back because I saw a young democracy. So obviously, democracy means a lot to me. Uh, it means a lot to me that we are a free country, that we can vote. Mm-hmm. And I was a very young volunteer, even during those blackouts and all the oh, wow. attempts, etc. Our first mm-hmm. uh, presidential election uh, came and I said, I'm going to watch in the hard precincts. I didn't want the Tasmarinas or Forbes or whatever. I yes. wanted to go to the hard precincts. So I went and really up close saw how difficult this process is. Uh, for our young viewers here, once upon a time, there was no automated election. You would take, yes, you would, you would count out loud each and every <laughs> vote in that ballot and they would make yep. Tara system, you know, the sticks and the five, the crosses. Yep. And it would take a whole month before we even knew who our senators are and, and president and vice president. It was very painful. Yep. So I was very excited in 2010 when technology was going to be used, except I also saw a lot of near-violence events. I saw cheating. I saw every sort of thing you could because I was always in the hard precincts. And and I said, wow, a lot of people may not know this technology and it may become very violent if the watchers didn't know what they're watching. Mm. So I sought out PPCRVs, the preeminent citizen's arm that makes sure that there are volunteers across this year, 107,000 precincts, right? Wow. And in 2010, I said, can I help you with the tech? I mean, I'm sure you, uh, your board or your team don't really know much about technology. And they, they, uh, they, they took it. I mean, I didn't say it in a manner that was, was condescending, but nobody knew this technology. Even I wasn't sure what it was going to look like, right? Yeah. So I said, can I help? And so we put together a tech team and we became part of the board. And, nice. you know, history shows that that automation is a blessing mm-hmm. uh, to our, te- the, you know, our democracy, except that the forms of cheating are no longer in the technology. It's really happening outside before people even vote. So um, I then became chair in 2019, the same Yay. year that 
that uh, the pandemic was uh, sorry that was brewing. before the pandemic. Yes. Not yet, not yet. Mm-hmm. But my MA was brewing, right? Mm-hmm. I was beginning to think about it. Got it. So um, six months before the election, the chair got sick. They asked if I wanted to be that chair. I said no, 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 three times until I thought I had to do it. They couldn't find anyone. So I said, okay, I'll step in. And this is my first presidential election three years after. Yep. But I don't know if you watched the last election I had to fight. Um, again, they're my friends, right? Uh-huh. Uh, fight for some information why our servers had a seven-hour glitch at that time in 2019. Right, I remember. Uh, That's why yeah. the vice presidential counting imajig was uh, in... Oh, no, no, that was in 2016. No, sorry, 2016. sorry. Yes, yes, sorry. Yeah, that was 2016. Yes, this was midterm pala, 2019. Yeah, midterm. Right. Practice. It was a practice run. Yeah. And so, I... Suddenly learned how to explain technology in Tagalog. Ron's wow, <laughs> that was difficult. That was so hard. Wow, how do I say data in Tagalog? That was palayan. <laughs> oh, server was crashing because there's so much traffic and it was underpowered. Hana bubulunan yung server. I had to figure out metaphors and oh, analogies in order. Yes. And lo and behold, I was able to do whole shows in Tagalog. I was really proud of myself. More wow. than that. Great job. But I was proud of myself <laughs> for being able to do that. What, oh, wow. what, a, what an amazing time Mm-mm. to actually learn something on the fly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So now, 2022. It's a presidential elections. This is easily one of the most polarizing elections of our time. Um, And we can't mess this up because with how we're hopefully supposed to be bouncing off of a pandemic, the threats of a very, you know, of, of war from the authoritarian world to the liberal world is very real. And as we're recording this, hopefully this is the last there. Russia invades Ukraine, but there, there, there are countries nearer home who can replicate the same action <laughs> very close to us. And we yeah. cannot mess this up because if we put the wrong leaders and again, we, we bastardize the integrity of these elections, we will pay for this for generations and generations to come. How can people join your cause in PPCRB? And what can we do as tech people listening to this podcast? What can yeah. we do to, to help us out? Well, let's step back a bit if you can give me some time okay. to really be the, the ate in the room, right? Yes. Uh, I think every time you choose a president, it's generational. Yeah. So I know you have a lot of young people listening right now. And I think it's very important not to be caught up in emotion all the time. And it's very unfortunate that technology is getting so misused at the time that's so important for us. And I guess it's because we really are a country that's so in love with our social media that we (laughs) forgot that sometimes it's good for entertainment and you leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and and begin to step back guys please invest in your time invest your time in stepping back and looking at a history of candidates what have they done yes. character it's like hiring a person Ooh. here like i said character who are they what has he or she done um how did she or he serve in whatever capacity whether it's in government or private sector wherever they came from what is the intention of them coming and offering themselves as a servant leader and that you call them a servant leader because they're supposed to serve you right so i really hope that we we the toxicity that i'm seeing uh by the use of technology is mm-hmm. really hurting you know because technology is supposed to be there for common good and i'm seeing it drastically changing with all exactly. the disinformation Super. so step back uh discern uh and and really don't take it lightly that whoever you're going to put in that ballot is going to change your life for the next six years with all the challenges we have. Yep. So he or she better deserve your trust. Yep. Because they're essentially going to make decisions for you yes. without your ability to do anything about it after you cast it both. Take it, take a step back and look at Putin. I'm sure the country and all its citizens. Don't support what he's what he's doing. And now they're paying the price of a decimated currency yep. and a decimated economy. So these things can happen with the wrong leaders. So discern, study, uh, just like you do with your startups in your daily life when you make choices. Mm-hmm. Um, spiritualize it mm-hmm. in a way, and. Uh, Take away the emotion and use your mind, use your your logic, but but also well, um, it may sound uh, non-techy, but but pray, pray for your vote and see yeah. uh, what the answers might be. And that's correct, Miss Myla, because at the end of the day, again, um, this is the most important uh, election of our lifetime. I'm not being cheesy, but it's absolutely correct. But can I, if I just may add. One thing that I really look at, I mean, wearing my startup founder hat when I look at the candidate I really want to vote for, is similar to how I gauge startups or how I look at the startups. It's team time traction. Traction, were you able to really contribute to our society in a real tangible manner where it's really you who did it? Second, uh, Tam, how, what's your big, what's the upside of you having to lead us is it just going to be status quo or do you really have a real platform and a real uh actually you know um people that are actionable metrics that you want to do and the most important thing is team it's easy just look at who's surrounding this person or uh whoever that is most likely that's going to be the composition of that person's cabinet and it's easy. Just look at who that is and who they surround themselves with. That's the type of government you'll be inheriting and you're voting. It's not one person. It's always a team. 
Am I correct, Miss Myra, in my assessment here? Well, um, I view it a little differently. Okay. Um, this is not a startup. Sorry. We are, just <laughs> yeah, we are gonna be running a very complex nation okay. at a very complex time. But I agree on some of the assessments or some of your metrics, if we mm-hmm. were to call it that. Um, there's the part that says, uh, who is this person? Um, and what are his plans? You know, what is the business plan to run the country? Yeah. But before the team, I want to know who you are. Yeah. How are you presenting yourself to me? Uh, I am, you're pitching, right? You're pitching to the country. You're the investor. <laughs> yeah, or I'm the HR. You, you, you tell me why I should hire you to be the big boss of the country and how you're going to help us out of the challenges and grow us because that's eventually what will happen and by the way uh how are you going to take care of my kids and their future right it's even more important than a startup (laughs) it's it's like how are you going to run um this complex Mm -hmm. beautiful country of ours and uh make sure that it wades through all these huge giants and challenges and superpowers uh, like like you mentioned and super problems so there's quite a lot to to chew on uh, mm. as as a new leader and they better be prepared absolutely to do this yeah now if there are people here are now sold okay let's contribute whatever it takes whatever 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 wherewithal we have to help this cause and rally behind you in PPCRV. Miss Ly- Myla, what exactly can we help with and uh, where do yeah. they go? Thank you. There's quite a lot. You know, uh, I'm, I'm so thankful that the pandemic is waning already. Mm-hmm. I was worried about, of course, for volunteers and whatnot, but we're coming back to normal. Okay. And imagine the scale of what we do, 107,000 precincts. That's 107,000 machines that will come to vote. And it now gets uh, transmitted, since you're techies, I'll tech out. I'll go. It gets transmitted <laughs> to servers, which then some summa- summarize, you know, it, it, it does a summation of your votes. It's called canvassing. Mm-hmm. And then we, we declare a winner, right? Mm-hmm. Now, in the middle of that, PPCRV ensures that there's no uh, cheating, that mm-hmm. these machines are not getting manipulated. So we did a source code review. But now we need 107,000 volunteers times two plus people who are helping generally in the voting centers. We are raising half a million volunteers this year. Wow. We're already in the 350,000 mark. So if you have time across the country, please go to your nearest parish and you may find a PPCRV coordinator there. Now, as techies, there's an interesting part of the job. Okay, what is we it? Have, we have a command center, right? Mm. We have a command center. And it's probably the most happening place on election night mm-hmm. plus seven days. So I invite everyone who's interested, contact PPCRV because when the election evening ends at seven o'clock, our volunteers pick up election returns in each of these 107,000 precincts, wherever in the country it is, it -hmm. gets sent to our command center in USD. And it is here that we start encoding 
the election returns. I like that school. Very close to my I'm a fashion. I'm sorry. <laughs> High school and college. So go state. There you go. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's such a beautiful campus. So we're mm-hmm. so excited that you're hosting us this year. And so by foot, by boat, by plane, by any means, these ERs come to us at mm-hmm. the USD. And uh, the reason you need encoders is we're sort of encoding what the ER says to make sure that it matches the electronic transfer of those machines to the Comelec. So you're making sure that the match in, in, in the data is 100%. We get to 99.995%. That's really mm-hmm. good to at least tell the people that their votes were transmitted Absolutely. And so, who are most qualified to do this? The techie startup people that listen to this podcast. There you go. Yeah, please come. We need 200 people a day wow. uh, starting May 9 to May 19. Mm-hmm. So morning, noon, and night. I mean, these returns come in at all times of the day. Mm-hmm. And of course, the more rural areas come in later in the week. But we want to get to at least 80% encoded. Uh, and of course, if there are a lot of techies, that's going to happen even less than 10 days that we're able to reach that point. Mm-hmm. We'll hack. We'll hack in a good way to make it faster. <laughs> no hacking. No, oh, no, no hacking. hacking. Okay, I'm sorry. Leave the hacking at home. Leave the hacking in your startup. It's not worth it, guys, to, to no you guys. No, no, no. Okay. It's not worth it. Let me tell you the technical. Okay, okay, okay. Answer. There are only 800 votes in one machine. I mean, oh, okay. <laughs> so it's repeated. Manual. It's your mm. time. Mm. Okay, we will not create software out of this. Okay, my bad, my bad. All right. So yeah, we're just problem solvers. You know you know how startup founders work. Okay, let's solve this. All right, Miss Myla, thank you very much. Before I let you go, just last two questions. All right. Um, I remember when I first met you, you had this program called Wireless Wings as well. Um, and I'm pretty sure you did pay it forward with a lot more entrepreneurs. But if you decide to do investments, what do you look for in those startups, in the startup founders that you decide that, ah, I can take you under my wireless wings? Yes. So wireless wings is ready to deploy again, right? Uh-huh. It's um, after that chance, mm-hmm. I, I, I'll, I'll take a pause and come back to roots of what I enjoy the most and that's talking to entrepreneurs I Mm. love being with you I love jamming I love talking about ideas and Mm. beating up on one another in debate right yep so I want to go back to that time I will be taking a sabbatical so I have a lot of time to to go back to the roots Mm -hmm. and of course I have a lot of capital to deploy but probably will have elements not just of beating giants but being very impactful to mm. country so i love the space of media what you're doing is 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 amazing Thank you. um you know uh developing filipino talent i always knew we had it in us to be mm-hmm. global players so i'm looking for those special people all right sounds good and last but definitely not the last least and i only ask this to my very special guests i've had this to bado i've had this to ernest your jam mate and now i get to ask this with you miss Myla. you've been here such an amazing career but what's the best advice you've ever received 
the best advice I've ever received. There's so many monster. I mean, I cannot go to that one moment in time. But uh-huh. you know, when you are in need, uh-huh. don't be afraid to ask. Yes. I guess it's so important not to go through the challenges alone. Uh-huh. It's 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 and these are the best times when you're humble enough to go to someone you respect and say, you know, I can't really. I can't really figure this out. And that's when the best advice comes to me because that's the time I really need it. And those were the times that I really remember the impact in my professional career, mm-hmm. which, which again, I will, I will say again, having mentors is probably one of the most important elements of my professional life. Yes. And being humble enough to ask, those people to spend time with you and and listen to you and and create really special relationships i mean they've been wonderful that is so amazing miss myla again if they want to reach out to you and pcrv where do they go and how do they do that pcrv.org facebook is there and we're soon in pure tech fashion coming up to the <laughs> that, that would allow you to volunteer but that's uh, launching in March but okay. um, Facebook would be an easy place to go to find and volunteer us. guys we still have a lot of lot of people that we need to help this generational very important elections that we do again Miss Myla thank you very much but before I let you go follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to whether it's Spotify Apple Podcast or any type of podcast app and if you see a star rating there, give us a five star. Come on, if you like us. But if you don't, then it's okay. And again, it's the Women's Month to shout out to all the amazing women entrepreneurs. And again, glad we are starting off the month with the greatest woman entrepreneur that I've ever met in the country. But lastly, also, um, if we did say some jargon, which I think we did, it's going to be the show notes on hustleshare.com. And lastly, if you want to be part of our little community called the Hustle Share Community, it's going to be on Facebook in the Hustle Share Community. Facebook group. And again, Miss Myla, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I really, really enjoyed it. Appreciate it. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.